How much should you pay for a content editor? Well, the short answer is probably about 20 to 30 bucks an hour. But if you want to learn the detail as to why exactly that is and the, the whole it depends side of the answer, then keep listening. We're going to cover that today. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. So the first thing with a content editor is why are we saying pay them per hour? We don't pay any of our other freelance staff per hour, really. The thing with a content editor versus a writer, though, is that the amount of work they have to do doesn't depend on the length of article. Some articles just don't need any editing. So they can be done in a few seconds, really. And you don't want to be paying them per word on something like that. So that's why we don't pay them per word. And the same kind of rule applies to per post, because some take longer than others. Why 20 to 30 bucks an hour? Well, it's a supply and demand thing, as is as with most pricing. If you're in a medical niche or you need a lawyer to write for your blog or a rocket scientist or something, it's pretty hard to find those people with, with those kind of qualifications SpaceX. and skills, exactly, who can who are willing to work on your blog. So you're gonna have to pay an arm and a leg for that. Now, if it's a if you're in a niche where a lot of people have those skills, like let's say uh, cats, a lot of people have cats, a lot of people know about cats. And if you need an editor for your cat blog, then that's not going to be too difficult to find because there's a lot of people who have those skills. So you just got to understand. My grandma actually, like, like, she could to use that job. She's pretty good with cats. Well, grandma's not so much. I mean, I don't want to be like all ageist and stuff here, but in general, people with traditional backgrounds or even like English lit majors, uh, who people who have studied not quite editing, but studied English at university. They write in very long sentences. They don't really understand the web as much as someone who just uses the web all the time, like short, snappy content. They don't understand how about keywords and things which keep people's attention. So just to get back to my previous point, though, uh, around the, uh, the the niche, so it's a, it's a supply and demand thing. And for most general niches where a lot of people can do it, 20 to 30 bucks an hour is is about the right sort of level. SEO, by the way, is another one of those uh, niches quite hard to find people who are, uh, who are who are good editors. I would say as well that if you do find someone who's cheap, it's not always worth it. Like, Be very, very careful. You will find out there, if you go on Upwork, say, you'll find people advertising that they're editors for 10 bucks an hour or, or even less. But often that's just people who are going to be doing spelling and grammar and following some basic kind of associated press AP guidelines. And while that can be helpful, if if that's a problem, you know, a writer should generally be able to do those things correctly. Or if you're using like Grammarly or Hemingway app, they should kind of have that under control more or less. And it doesn't really make a huge difference um, in, in most sites. Where you really get value out of the editor in bringing up the overall quality of your article, is that like final 10% of things that they do that is really hard to measure? This is like the creative ideas they come up with, the cohesiveness that they bring to a blog if you have multiple writers working on it, and little things like that that you can't track and you can't measure and you can't always say, hey, did they do this thing that gets me that extra 10% quality, yes or no. And if you just consider, like, if you're not paying someone very much, if they're underpaid, how much extra effort do they tend to put into to working for you? So you have to kind of balance that balance that out. That's why we don't really go for, for cheaper editors in that sense. As I said before, you, are, you are also tend to have to pay for someone with experience editing a blog. 
And anyone who's been working on websites for, for a while, who knows things like keywords, uh, how, how that fits in, who knows maybe a little bit of SEOs, maybe use a tool like Surfer or something, that's definitely someone you, you should be interested in hiring. But they have been around, they have some experience, so they're not starting off on minimum wage. They're, they know the value of their work uh, and you're going to have to pay a little bit more for, for someone like that. Hence the $20 to $30 range as well. Uh, I'd say like sometimes you can get people sort of 15 bucks an hour if it's in like a very, very broad niche like uh, pets or something like that. But again, uh, I would always always tend to tend to start my search about 20 uh, the 20 buck level. And then you also need to look for someone who's going to be very, very motivated and like embedded in your team. As I said, the small things make a huge difference. Um, and if you are, paying someone on like a different payment method per word or however you're doing it. If it's not per hour, it's very difficult to bring that person in to your team, to your team meetings, to do kind of hourly one-on-ones, like once a week or however often you're, you're doing with them. And those kind of platforms where you and your team and all your writers and everyone's kind of like chatting and discussing things and coming up with ideas. That's where some of like the best ideas from editors come. We had uh, an example a couple of years ago, the, the site we sold last year, actually, it's on, uh, it's on our blog, the, the case study of that. But the editor actually came up with a really good scoring system or the basis for, for the scoring system, which we, we eventually used on a lot of our reviews and roundups on that, that site. Uh, and it was in one of these meetings that it came up. So if you have it in your mind that an editor is just going to be someone that's you talk to once a month on Upwork or Asana as you're just assigning work and never involve them in your in your company, then you're not going to get these extra cool ideas and like the the quality level up that you want to be getting from from having an editor and from hiring an editor uh, as well. So yeah, if there's no platform for these creative ideas, then you're they're, they're, generally aren't going to come out and the editors just cannot be aligned with you and what you're expecting and the writers aren't going to be aligned with that as well. So very, very important as well. And that's, pre- that's pretty much it. Uh, not much more to say on that. Any, any thoughts, Gil? Should you promote your best writers to become editors or should you hire yes. external editors? Because you're losing your writer when you do that, right? Yeah, so I would always say that it's worth it to promote uh, a writer to an editor, uh, and they don't just have to like stop writing completely and just be an editor. Although if there's enough work, that's a good thing. I say it's much easier to to find a writer than it is to find a good editor. So if you've worked with someone, if you know they know your space, if you work well with them, if they're really a core part of your team, then 100% you should promote those people up, up the chain. So it's the best path to actually hire a good writer than be the editor yourself, then promote that writer to be the editor and hire more writers. Well, I mean, in general, I think the best path is to bring people into your organization and sort of lower levels and then promote them when they do really well. Those, at least in our experience, those types of employees tend to perform a lot, a lot better than bringing in someone at a high level. There's Sometimes it works, but there's more risk that it's not going to work out in, in that situation because they don't fit in with you, you, you don't work well with them, or they don't just fit in with the, the organization in general. But for editors, like 100%, I would, I would promote people like That's that. That's what I like to do as well. Like I like being the editor at the beginning because it allows me to set the tone for the website, and I'm freaking hard on content. It allows me to... Essentially, like the writers that don't quit and still want to write for me, they're probably like they, they they're probably on board with that, and so it allows me to. It's the best interview for an editor, in my opinion. So I like the idea of like 
at least being the editor at the beginning and then switching to that person editing the content for you and maybe working together on the editorial guidelines as you are correcting their content as well. I think uh, if you can involve yeah. people, maybe give them some bonuses if they help you or something like that, then... And you know, like as a, if you're a more advanced site owner, maybe you have a portfolio and this is the 10th, st- 10th site you've started, most people in that position, they're not going to be writing the content themselves. But in that situation, I think it's still a good idea to, to edit yourself at the beginning, so to be the editor. So for that reason as well, an editor is often someone that's brought in, brought in not at the start of a project, brought in later. So there may actually be enough time to promote a writer to the editor by the time you need an editor. Yep, I think so. That's basically it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, there is a subscribe button below this video. You can click on the subscribe button so you don't miss any videos. And if you click on the bell next to it, then you will miss no videos because you get notifications for all of them. If you like it, you can drop us a like. And if you want this podcast on audio platforms, we are also on Spotify. We are also on Google Podcasts. I'm always talking about this. We're also on SoundCloud and we're also on pretty much any podcast platform. So just go and look for Toya Hakadaya and you can have the audio version of that podcast if you'd rather us do that. If you like the daily format that we've been doing for a little bit now, tell us in the comments as well or tweet at us because we're not sure where to go next. We're going to try this for two weeks in total and then decide based on your feedback. So let us know, do you want daily podcast? Do you want weekly podcast? Do you want short stuff? Do you want longer stuff? This will help us knowing what to do with this podcast. Or a mix of both. Ah, I don't like the idea of putting the, a mix of both on the feed, to be honest. Like, uh, it's kind of like mixing different types of pasta. It's just a terrible well, idea. We're, we're going a bit <laughs> off script here, but I just want to share with the audience a bit of insight here. So like, if we do a daily podcast, one a day, they tend to be sort of like 10 minutes or so. But sometimes we might want to interview a guest. And do we want to interview them, five, like have five episodes with that guest? Yeah, or is that not? like maybe a longer longer yeah, interview? that's what I would do. I would just take one question and just have five and then just release them randomly, actually. But anyway, this is not the topic. Please, thank you for watching. Please come tomorrow. There will be another episode. Have a good day.